AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. That end user is going to come walking over to the programmer sitting there in the cold with a laptop, and they're going to go, you know, I was thinking. And the minute you hear those words, you know, I was thinking, they reach in their backpack, they pull out a notepad and they go, I don't know what you're thinking, but write it down here. And when we're all done with our scope, then we'll talk about this. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? Oh, I'd say the odds of that are terribly slim, Brain. True. I mean, really, when have I ever been pondering what you've been pondering? To my knowledge, never. Exactly. So what are the chances that this time I'm pondering what you're pondering? Next to nil. Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking too. Therefore, you are pondering what I'm pondering. Put, I guess I am. Today, we're going to talk about the business side of programming. We spend a lot of time talking about technical training, technical knowledge and skills, but business is also a critical part of helping organizations run and keeping programmers employed. All that and more on A State of Control. Episode 114, Not My Number. Welcome to A State of Control, an aviation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So today we're going to talk a little bit different. We normally talk about the tech side of programming and control and, and the AV industry, but today we're going to shift gears a bit, which we've done in the past, and talk a little bit more about the business side. Um, programming exists for uh, a, a reason. It's to help uh, businesses succeed, and it's also to be able to help uh, businesses stay in business. So uh, with that, I'm going to introduce uh, uh, two guests. One's a returning guest, and another is a newcomer to the show. And before I get there, I want to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control. He's none other than Rich Fragosa. How are you, Rich? I'm doing good. Mellow West Coast greetings, I guess. I'm uh... Now, I'm, I'm not going to talk about a, a wide right situation, but other than that, I've still got, a, I guess, a horse in the game. <laughs> Low hanging fruit, Rich. Laces out. So, so we're <laughs> no. recording. We're recording the week after the uh, the uh, the uh, divisional playoffs. So I, I had to kind of dig a little, dig a little in somebody's ribs on that one. But but other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> well, one of my friends who I wouldn't bring this up with is also on the show, and. He- he is Mark Lavecchia from BMA Software Solutions. Welcome back, Mark. Thanks for being here again. I appreciate that, Steve. And, and I appreciate your, your being cool to my, my Buffalo Bill fandom after this weekend. It, it, you know, it, it, I think you do that because you're a genuine fan of your team. And Rich is just a flaky fan of whatever team is winning this week. So we're good. Glad to be here, by the way. I'm glad you are here. And you're Mark was last on episode uh, 108 and also on our uh, famous episode 100. So you could check those out as well as uh, he's been on uh, several before that. And uh, last but not least, we get to welcome somebody who is a newcomer to the show and a self-proclaimed listener. So we are very thankful for that. And he is Russ Noble and he's from Clear Allen. Welcome, Russ. Thanks for being here. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, we're glad to have you. Um, So... One of the things that I think is important that we take a step back and think about is, um, you know, what is, um, 
How does programming impact businesses? Uh, the, those of us on the call here, we're, we're leaders in, in organizations, um, and, and so programming is really near and dear to our heart, but, but it also is a, an integral part of, of an integration firm. It's a, a, an integral part of um, the, uh, an end user organization, those who, who do programming themselves. So programming ha has a lot of value, and, and that value is realized when it's done in a profitable manner. Um, some might say that, that programming is, is an art form, and it's something that uh, we, we really focus on doing the best, the most complex, the, the most challenging, and that's really how we stand out. But, but others have to look at it and say, I have to pay the bills, and I have uh, pro programmers to employ. So um, we're going to dive into this a bit as a group. And um, as we do, Rich, I wanted to throw it out to you. Um, how important is it for programmers to understand the business side of what they do? I think it depends on the size of your organization. I mean, I, it's, it's going to be important no matter what. Um, but if you have an organization, say you're a programmer in an integration company, you're going to have field engineers, you're going to have salespeople, project managers, you're going to have layers of support um, on, on in a large organization just because that's the nature of process. Um, a lot of the ind independent programming companies that, that I interact with tend to be smaller organizations. And so, you know, founder run, um, you know, CEOs, presidents are, you know, day in, day out part of the process. And, and that organization, when you're smaller, um, I find has its own DNA, um, a, a personality. So it's why you're there in the first place. Um, and depending on the organization you choose, and some people feel great in a small organization. Some people like being part of a big organization, right? Where they've got a defined role and I get X, I get Y, and kind of the, um, you know, kind of the assembly line of, of you know, being in a factory. Um, but but that 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 if you are in a smaller organization, you're an ambassador of that company. And I think that it's hugely important. And, and you have to know how the entire project works and, and your relationship with the client, because those are make it or break it situations sometimes when you're in there. Um, in a larger organization, you've got fail safes. And, and sometimes you have um, you know, some things that prevent you from getting projects done um, in a, 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 an emotionally satisfying manner. Um, it, sometimes, you know, that process itself from a, from a programmer standpoint, you don't have to be worried about it. And there's some individuals who are like, great, I don't got to deal with people. I'm good to go. Um, there are others that uh, absolutely, if you see them as something, uh, as, as an individual who has a growth plan, or the ability to move forward, then those individuals are the ones you focus. You say, "Hey, this is how we do it. These are the things that we want to teach you." And 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 as the company grows, those are the ones that you put into leadership positions. So, you know, I I think it's it's definitely um, the first thing you got to do is sit down with your people that you're going to be having forward facing with clients, and and get an idea of where they want to be down that line. You know, and they may want to just stay in that role and be content, and that's okay with being content, you know, you need those people as well. There are other people who are looking to, you know, expand their abilities in the industry. And those are the people you're like, okay, great. I'm going to walk you through the day and what I do. You're going to sit next to me. You're going to see how this goes. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it just, uh, it does start with a, a, initially with the individuals that you have. It's like any organization, you know, you, it's just, we just happen to do 
control system programming, but it is going to come down to, you know, how you're going to identify those assets you had to begin with. I don't think anyone would be at a loss if they had, uh, if they had some business knowledge, even just understanding risk management, budget constraints, like as a developer, those are, those are business tasks, uh, but, but they help the programmer do their work more effectively, whether they're management or leadership or not even. Yeah, I find that for us anyway, because uh, again, probably 95% of what we do is with the commercial integrator market. We don't do a lot of direct programming. And I bring that up because in a lot of cases that we've had this discussion, Steve and, and, and Rich in the past, my customer comes to me, I have a project, could you quote the program? I give them a number. They go, no, oh, that's not really my number. Um, and and that's that happens a lot. And it happens in large part because in many, in many cases, at least from the integrator level, we find that the programming from a profitability standpoint is not really given consideration. It's a loss leader. We're going to throw it into service where it's just going to be something that we do. And they don't really think about it in those terms until they're at the end of the project, the programmer's still on site, the job's not commissioned completely, and now they're running into overtime costs of having people at a job that should have been done two weeks ago. From our perspective, it's really important for our programmers to know, and we make sure each and every one of them understands what their role is, not just in the profitability of the customer that's hired us, but also within BMA. And in some cases, we have programmers who work for an integrator. And so one of the habits we had to break them of is doing whatever the customer asked them to do at the end just to get out of the project. I just need you to fix this. Can you change that? Can you move this? And that's when you start believing now profit. Once you open that door, it's an overused cliche, but you can't put that toothpaste back in. But in the end, if they understand that when those type of moments come, that plays a role within the profitability. So when we talk to our customers about what we do as a role, the very first thing we do is talk to them about how we want to enhance their profitability through programming. And all you have to do is say that and they'll be like, you can do that? Yeah, and let me show you how. And then we walk them through the process, which is how you do it. So, Mark, I'll follow up on that a little bit. Is that how how do you weigh that um, that that business side and the technical side when when you're looking at uh, somebody who you want to bring onto your team? Um, it, is it something that that there needs to be a balance? Is there something that just needs to be a, a cursory level of, of business? Um, and and obviously it depends, as Rich says, on your organization and how big of a team you are, and also how how important programming is to the success of your organization? No, that's a good question. And there's two parts to that. Uh, I can teach anybody the business part of it because no matter what anybody wants to think and all the little letters they have after their title, understanding the business part of what we do in our business is not that complex, okay? Plan, process, and put it into work and stick to your process. It's really not that complex. I understand that there's levels of certification that you want to have and, and you have to have an expertise here and stuff. I get that. But what I'm saying is trying to teach a programmer the business side of things is pretty simple to say, this is the role that you play in this. This is how the integrator makes their money. This is how they invoice. These are the milestones for which they invoice. And sometimes our delivery of code is a milestone for them. So it's important that it gets there. I know it's a milestone for us. So it's important that it gets there. So explaining that to a prospective person who has the programming chops is, is a lot easier. Um, it's much more challenging to hire the right person who has the right programming chops. 
And a lot of times we would just bring in somebody that had all the certificates and stuff. And then you find out that they program, you know, they, they hit the keyboard like Stevie Wonder, you know, and, and what you need is somebody that really programs in a manner that we're used to, the way we build up our code so that we can all share each other's and cover each other's back when, you know, we need to look at that code and recognize it. Um, and so uh, the, the business part of it's not that important. I mean, I can explain the business part is really not that complex and I'll be all over you if you're not on top of it. Uh, so that's the first part. It's the programming part that we take a look at. And I'll almost rather have somebody that doesn't have a lot, that doesn't have a lot of experience because I don't want to bring their habits in to, to what we have in our culture, in our company. And that's just BMA. It's going to be different from everybody, but that's the way we handle it. Russell, uh, have you jump in on this? Do, do we do enough to, um, to, to help people to understand business? Is it, I, there's a lot of technical training out there. There's a lot, the you know, programmers have the, um, ha, have the certifications as Mark mentioned, and, and, and that, that really seems to be the focus, but even the, even the best technical programmers may, may not have the, the other components that uh, will uh, balance them from a business perspective, and how, how critical is that in, the, in their success? Yeah, I'd say that aptitude and attitude are probably the two most sought after skills that we look for. Uh, and they're, they're soft and they're subjective, of course. But uh, when you're looking at the business side of it, as Mark points out, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the segment of what we deliver on the scope of a large AV project is really quite small. Um, it's much more difficult to manage the entirety of the project than it is to manage our process. But it's a very important, it's a final step delivery. Um, so an aptitude of, of customer appreciation uh, and empathy towards, uh, towards what they're delivering um, and quality, uh, a perception of, of they want to deliver good, they want to deliver reliable. Uh, and then the skills... We want them to come with some skill, some knowledge, because what we're doing, especially on a proprietary platform, it's a long learning road from the ground up. Um, we have onboarded uh, some uh, some new hires that uh, that are just we're introducing them to the industry, to uh, audiovisual programming, and it's it's different the way that we develop, the way that we're expected to deliver, uh, the methodologies. Um, we're effectively doing software development in a construction world in the commercial space where we work most of our time. So agile uh, management patterns don't necessarily integrate so well with the construction's waterfall, uh, or you spend uh, some you spend management time balancing between the two and communicating in two different manners to team and to to customers. So I would say that uh, attitude and aptitude are probably the most important things. And the skills can be taught. Well, one other thing I would add to that is, because uh, I, lo I love that approach, Russ. I think that's that's exactly right. Um, one of the things that we press to that regard uh, is what you've probably heard me say a million times, which is communication and documentation are undefeated. Um, it's, it's really critical that both of those are handled, especially if you're doing it through the integrator process in a large project, especially. We need to be in constant communication. It cannot just be we're ready for you. Come on out. Um, and so, from the from the programmer standpoint, you want that attitude and that aptitude. They've got to be ready for what it is that you're doing. But they also need to understand that something they maybe don't always do. Make sure you over communicate. Make sure you document everything, because it's so critical to making sure that at the end, when everybody's like, "How come we're not done? Should that happen?" You've got all of your ducks in a row, 
so they understand that you weren't playing a role in whatever profit they may have lost. That's really interesting too, Mark, because the uh, uh, when you talk, spoke earlier about the contractor versus an independent programmer, at a contractor, you're usually working underneath a project manager on a project. So you have someone that's communicating all of that to the customer constantly, and you, you may never see it as a programmer working for an integrator, but uh, but an independent programmer, that's it's all on you to make sure that you're communicating uh, effectively, efficiently, and regularly to your uh, to your customer. Yeah, and the other part of that, and you have to be cognizant of this as if you're doing that route, which is seems to be where we're talking right now, which is good, which is through the integrator, because that's where a lot of this business sits. Integrators come in to us to do their work for them. Uh, a lot of times they want you to be face forward with the customer. And it's really important that we set the ground rules on that before it happens, because they're not going to care. Some integrators don't want their customer to know that they're subbing out the code, okay? Uh, they have us throw on their shirt when we're at the job site. They know that matters. But sometimes they want them to know who we are and what we're involved in. And we sit at the table and we go through the, the GUI submittals and we go through all of that. And then we're at the job site and they don't mind us interacting with the customer. That's really good too. But in that world, you need to make sure that your programmers understand what role they're playing there. That's a different role now. Because that end user is going to come walking over to the programmer sitting there in the cold with a laptop and they're going to go, you know, I was thinking. And the minute you hear those words, you know, I was thinking, they reach in their backpack, they pull out a notepad, and they go, I don't know what you're thinking, but write it down here. And when we're all done with our scope, then we'll talk about this. So there's, it's a real critical part of what we're talking about, because if they don't do that, they open up the toothpaste, and now you're losing that profitability. Uh, you're, you're extending everything. And it's really hard to stop that. I know we've talked as an industry a lot about scope of work um, and what that what that is, what that means, what it looks like. And uh, if you don't manage that that scope, which is really the clarity of the expectations between your customer and you, um, then scope creep can definitely it will damage, will rip apart your business if you allow it to. Yeah, all day long. That's what we talk about the process, right? And, the, and step one is, and this is something that not a lot of people realize. Step one is explaining that process to the company that's about to hire you. They need to know what your process is. And in doing that, they're happy. Once they hear your process, they're like, man, I would love to have that process at my company. Can you help bring that to us? And they do. Some of our customers, we turned 20 this year, okay? And we've, we're dealing with the same four or five customers for all 20 years. And when part because they've seen our process, we've mixed it with their process. And so we understand the value, the value of the profitability that we bring to their product and to their customers. And if your customer does not understand and buy into your process, I need sign off on the scope of work. I need sign off on touch panel submittals. I need sign off that everything's ready and built and installed and manually tested before I come to your job site. All of these things are really critical in order to make the programming portion of this earn the profit that it deserves. But if, again, if that communication's not there, that documentation's not there, you're going to lose. Uh, but the process is critical, right? Because Russ nodding his head, the, the, the process is critical to what we do. Rich, I'll, I'll bring you into this a bit. Uh, you know, I, I think everything that we've talked about before is, it all comes down to to time because that's what we sell and and that, that's you know how how do we make time 
how do we get the most out of the time that we put in, whether it's managing the scope, whether it's being efficient, whether, whether it's um, fi finding ways to um, get more out of what we do. Um, when, when we we're looking at people on a team or we're, we're looking at a programmer, what, what, what are some things that we can potentially either hold them accountable to or, or give them as goals to help them measure their, their, uh, production or, or, or their performance. So I'm going to go a little off the, the, the beaten road with this from a management style standpoint, as um, people may not agree in the industry with it because they feel that they've earned the right to be managers. Um, I think when you're in a manager or you're an owner of a company, um, your responsibility is to stay with your people. Um, if you're not on the project, you're staying with your people we talk about investing in people and metrics and everything else. If you don't know your people, if you're not with your people and they don't see you as a support structure for them to learn and fail and be a safety net for them for failure, um, then you're just, you're, you're basically, you know, it, it, at, at that point, a lot of people don't go to corporate jobs because they don't like the corporate structure. They don't like being cogs in a machine, especially in our industry. They, they like, being part of something, being part of a team. And yet I see it quite often. And, you know, when I work with integrators or, or others, people who get into management positions feel that, oh, wow, I can be hands-off now, right? I'll just let them do what they do. Um, and, and ownership a lot of times, right? Well, I'm busy with the business. I'm busy with running the things I have to do. You know, I, I knew when, uh, and Mark remembers, I had a, a larger company years ago. I knew that from a, a company DNA standpoint and as, as a business owner, when I got to the point that I didn't know the people who were working for me, like literally I'd come in from a project and there would be new people there and I didn't even know their names. Um, that didn't work for me because in this industry, and again, control system program is completely different. We're not, we're not making mobile flying bird apps, right? We're not selling 99, 99 cent poker games, right? We're, we're, we're in a very niche industry. And, and because of that, um, there, you still have passion about what you do. You still have pride and craftsmanship in the process. And when I work with integrators, the running joke is, is I will absolutely tell the integrator, find your rawest person, find your newest hire, your rookie, and send them to me. I will step them through every part of your process, not my process, but your process, because I already know it. I will walk them through it and sit down with them and go, why did we do this? Why is this more effective than this? Do you see why we did this? Because a, a big part of, and you know, and again, I've got a son who's getting into high school. My wife's in education. We call it the growth mindset. We don't focus from a manager standpoint on the growth mindset like we should, which is your goal is to teach them to find the tools to learn, not, not to just tap code, but to learn. When you invest in them personally, you give them the energy, you give them the attention right? Because otherwise you get to a metrics review standpoint, right? Or a performance improvement plan, that person's gone. Because at that point, the failure wasn't on their part, the failures on your part, as a manager. And, and I, you know, like I said, I have, I have very deep seated beliefs about this, which is, you know, and, 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 and again, Mark and I have known each other going on three decades, you know, 
I, I'm, I, this is not the first time that I've said this. You know, this is, this is a matter of if you want quality employees, you have to invest the time and the emotion and the effort. If you want a revolving door and if you want just cogs who come in and come out and the project is the project and you're just taking checks and cashing checks, that's great. Again, there's nothing wrong with taking a business approach to stand, that standpoint. But if you're a small service-based industry like we are, you hit that first econ economic dip or you upset enough of the customers because your quality control isn't there. Um, I've seen, and Mark's seen lots of big ones who have gone out who just felt, oh, they're, these are Legos, right? I just put another Lego in. I had a red Lego here. I put a yellow Lego here. The machine will keep rolling in good times forever. Happy days are here again. They're gone. These were big companies. They're gone. Few things will screw up a project faster than finding out that your programmers quit in the middle of a job. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely devastating. That that and and a lot of the larger companies that have gone under, you know, they burned out their programmers and they learned that the hard way. Uh, but Rich brought up a really good point that I want to emphasize here, uh, which is something we try to do on a regular basis. We've had the same six of us for the longest time, okay? Uh, and so we all know each other really well. We have a really good culture, which makes it a little bit difficult to add somebody because I don't want to mix that culture up a little bit. But one of the things that I try to focus on with our team is. The why? Why am I having you do this? Because I could tell you to go do something and they go do it, but I need them to understand why. And if you can explain to them why, and let me give, let me give you an example. Uh, I have a project and it's due on the fifteenth, and you've got the code, you got everything you need, everything's ready to go, the program's ready. All you have to do is have it ready and post it on the fifteenth. And then the back and forth with the integrator, the integrator goes, "Ah, I don't need that till the twenty-fourth." And so the fifteenth comes. And I'm checking, I'm going, okay, how are we doing? Is that code ready to go? Oh, no, he said he doesn't need it till the 24th. I don't care what he needs, okay? You need to understand why I need that code to go out, okay? That's a milestone. I haven't had this conversation in my company for a while, but it resonates to this day. Just because somebody else said we don't need it right away doesn't mean it shouldn't get done. And there's a couple of reasons. One, it's an invoice. Number two, I have something else for you to work on this week. I have already scheduled your time past the 15th, not for you to just take the next week and do something that should have been done the week before. And the, and you can't just say that, but you have to understand, they need to understand why. And once they understand why, you don't have to tell them again. But it is critical that they understand the role that they play, not just in getting that product, not just taking care of the customer, but the role they play in invoicing and the role that they play in getting that invoice out and when that invoice goes out. You know, like, like Friday is not the day. Wednesday, Thursday, those are invoiced. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's a little thing that I don't want them to get burdened with, but they do need to understand so that they can play a role. And then that incents them to get these things done. And now I have team members that come to me and go, I'm done early. Where can I go next? And once you have that, then you're in a better shot. I mean, Mark, that goes right back to any business, though. If you have a clear vision statement, that's your first answer. Your first answer to why the question why, um, what you're doing there is is the vision. And if everyone is bought into that vision, they can all grow within that vision, and they can all deliver to that vision. A hundred percent. When we would interview in the past, the one thing that we would push to, to to them is this is what we're doing. This is how we do it. This is what your role is going to be right now. 
and this is what we expect in that role. And they'll be like, oh, great, how much am I making? No, I get that. All right, we'll get to the money in a minute. What I want to know is, are, do you accept this? Is this good for you? Because this, this is what we're going to expect from you. I don't want you to come to work on Monday and go, well, that's not what I thought I was going to be doing. So let's make sure that you understand who we are, what we're trying to do, and how we do it. Now, one of the things we're a little bit different about is because we're so old, uh, most of us are, at my company, we don't have a like young guy. We've got a couple of young guys, but most of us are, you know, up there. Uh, and so our focus when we bring said Steve's left, and but we are, I'm sorry. But, but one of the things that we push right now with our team is I don't want them to focus on their job being the most important thing to them, that their programming is the most important thing to them. What we want them to do is to see that work as an avenue to enjoy the things that are most important to them. We don't want to burn you out. We don't want you working weekends. We don't want you to work in nights. And that part of it is a different level of it. But when you bring in somebody young and you're like, this is the way it's going to be, they're like, well, okay. But, you know, it's not until you get a little bit older and you have kids, you have a couple of dogs and a mortgage and you're got uh, Rich's son is, uh, is it jujitsu? Is it, uh, yeah. Karate. Yeah, it's karate. Yeah. Karate. And he competes. Yeah. And the joy that they have in that is immeasurable. But you have to be able to give your folks the time to commit to that. And so for us, that is all the other part of it. If you hit these schedules, if you hit these time frames, if you hit these milestones for us, you will have the time in your life to enjoy the things that take you away from here so we're not burning you out in the process. I hope that makes sense, but it's... It's not something everybody does, but it's something we really focus on. Your phone's not ringing when you're on vacation. We're not asking you to take your laptop with you when you're when you're sitting on the beach somewhere. There's somebody else who can handle that service request or or finish that portion up. You can have a life yeah, outside totally. of work. Absolutely. We yeah. and we and sometimes we have to tell them to take time. <laughs> you need to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, well, I really don't. You know, I'm, I don't care. Then just take a week off and go hang with your family. Go out to dinner, cook something. I don't care what you do. Turn everything off. We got you. Don't worry about it. Uh, because, yeah, because in the end, you can give benefits and money and they can be a part and they can even have a way to get up there. But in the end, if you really want to keep them, which is where the profitability lies, right? It, you Because the minute you lose somebody, if you have them six, eight, ten months and they quit, that, that that's such a hard cost to recover right away. And I know Steve nodding his head because we've talked about this a lot. It's a hard cost to recover. So let's get all that out of the way early. And let's do everything we can to make sure that you stay with us because that's a critical part of our profitability as well, as well as the relationship with our customers who now have been working with the same programmer for the last 10 years. They know each other inside and out. And it's so easy for their process that they love working with our guy. Our guy loves working with them. It's the weekend. They're going to watch San Francisco, you know, lose to the Detroit Lions. And then, you know, and they're having a good time. Well, that's probably a good place for us to wrap this one up <laughs> before we start turning note. into a talk, sports talk show. Uh, but thank you. Uh, I, I, you know, my takeaway from this is that, you know, ma making your team understand how the business side of it benefits them. And I think that, that that's a lot of what we discussed here and, and, and what, where it all ties together. And, and uh, so, so I appreciate that. And I'm sure we'll be continuing this conversation in the future, but for now I, I have to wrap this one up. Um, uh, Mark, how can people 
get in touch with you, learn more about BMA and uh, keep uh, tabs on what you're up to. Uh, just go to our website, bmasoftwaresolutions.com. We are 100% word of mouth and referrals. We don't market or do any of that stuff. So you can yell out the window, hey, Levesque, we'll, we'll come to you. But otherwise, just go to our website. You can find everything we're about right there. Wonderful. And uh, Russ, thanks for being here. Hopefully your first time was a good time and you want to come back. Uh, uh, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about Clear Allen? So our website is the is a great place. So www.clearallen.ca, that's one L. Uh, on LinkedIn, on uh, on the socials, um, uh, at Claire Allen, C-L-E-A-R-A-L-A-N. And uh, last but not least, Rich, how, how can people get in touch with you, uh, learn what you're up to, and uh, and any uh, parting words you wanted to share? Yeah, honestly, the 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 one thing I just wanted to add is that obviously, you know, the four of us are all managers, owners of companies. Um, as an employee, if you are a programmer listening to this show, um, this is the culture that longstanding companies, I think, you know, successful companies, you know, people, who, companies who are going to invest in their people. Um, are looking to do from a management standpoint. And it's okay to ask those questions of your manager. It's okay to step in and check in with your senior management and not feel like you're a cog, you know, in, in this machine, because, you know, we, our generation was kind of the generation. We were the last generation of, you know, you put in your time with the company, you pay your dues and you're there for X years and you just kind of gut it out. Um, the new generation of, of, of just employees coming through, there's no stigma of being there for six months and saying, yeah, this isn't working for me and finding work someplace else down the road. And I think even more important as, as a programmer, as an employee, you do have value and it's okay to walk in and say, Hey, how can I maximize my value? It just personally, professionally, and all of these things, because those are the win-win situations. It is tough sometimes when you're new in a company to feel like you can't say that um, you can't. And sometimes if you have the right culture and environment around that's embraced and they're like yeah you know what i didn't think about that or it's sometimes that reminds us like you know what i got so wrapped up in my stuff i forgot to stop and check it so thank you and so don't you know use your voice and and if you want you know it's it's playing within yourself and being part of that team um with that said um, since we like being part of teams anyway our company um you can find us on the interwebs uh type in my name in the interwebs and on the shows um you can find us at burgosadesign.com uh, the website. But first and foremost, as I always like to say, I hope you find me here on avnation.tv on our suite of shows that cover all of our verticals in the AV market. And please support our sponsors. Thanks uh, for, for sharing that. And that for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. You can reach my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. And as Rich said, uh, please let us know what you think about this show. Hopefully this was uh, a nice departure for from the, the technical conversation, but also a good uh, a good enhancement for people to to understand uh, how how what they do ha has a different impact and and uh, give them some a uh, bit of a springboard for for their uh, careers moving forward. Um, we definitely want to hear from you. We'd like to have some more guests, some more topics, and make sure that we're covering the things that you want to hear more about. Please leave us a rating, review, share your favorite episode, and um, and be, be sure to visit the website, avnation.tv, and uh, make sure that you check out the sponsors and, and also all the other shows on, on the platform. There's many great uh, shows and a lot of good content that's coming out. And with that, this has been A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What?
are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.